0: You got me, Kevin Hagelin, Corey Majors, Mike Bassett, Chris Strong is running the show. And I'm going to warn you, it could be a weird one. Based on some pre-show conversations we had leading up to about 10 seconds ago, this could be a weird show today. 877-881-1053. What's the weirdest thing you've ever
2: done? Ooh. 877 881 one oh five. You didn't
0: even let me get to sponsor it. Sorry. Truckreck.com text line. If you want to get involved in the conversation or you want to dive into what Corey wants to talk Dude, about. Dude, I
2: just want to see the texts because I feel like the texts that we get will be very interesting. Like, there, there's some weird things that we've done out there in the world, right? We've all done some weird stuff that you're like questionable. Okay, I don't think it's I like don't know. Mike told Mike told the dancer that uh Rolando Blackman was, was from, from Panama. Panama too. And no other guy would do that at a club like that. But Mike,
0: that's him. When I was a kid, me and the one of the kids who lived across the street, we got a little mini croquet set, which I thought was the fanciest
2: thing that had ever been. And he said crochet for a
0: second. I was like, oh,
2: wow, he's knitting.
0: We hit one of the balls, and a bird flew down, and it, like, got smashed between the ball and the stick. What? Yeah, and it was hurt, and we, like, picked up the bird and, like, put it in a bucket, and I don't know, somehow thought we were going to nurse it to help, and it, like, it didn't fly away, but it, like was like, no, I got to go. It didn't
2: even want to be. It was yeah. like, no, you guys don't know what you Which you're is doing.
0: probably the right decision because we were like, I don't know, 11. You're not registered birds. Yeah, nurses. we weren't going to be able to fix anything. But me and my friend, we both thought, hey. Let's wing it. We can get. All right. If that's the energy you're bringing today, this is going to be a great show. I love it. Let's go. We thought we were going to fix that bird. I don't know how, but we really thought we were going to fix that
2: You are like, it has some alcohol problems, and but we're going to fix it. Oh, no, yeah. And, and okay. then the bird
0: just kind of like hopped, flew away. <laughs> you know, like it couldn't totally fly, but it was like kind of doing its thing. Man,
2: that is wild. All right, man. Well, what a, what a way to start the show. 877-881-1053, truckwreck.com. You can get involved with the show all day long, man. From the 940
0: Kevin, that's the plot to a Bluey episode. I've seen a lot of Bluey episodes. I've not seen that one, but I promise you that is what happened. I love that. If it happened on the croquet backyard, I don't know. All right. I want to talk about the World f Cup. Let's go. Sunday. So they put out, man, and maybe I'm reading conspiracy theories into all of this, that AT&T Stadium, some folks involved with the Cowboys, they put out, their press release, that there's going to be a watch party Well, there's going to be a media gathering, excuse me, at AT&T Stadium. And I'm thinking, are they doing a gathering because they're getting a semifinal? Or are they doing a gathering for the media because they're about to get the biggest sporting event in the world? That's
2: got to be it. It has to be that it's we're gathering for the big... You're doing a live stream of the, the meeting. You're not doing that because you got a third-place game. You're not doing that because you get a semifinal. You're doing that because this is a big deal. And Kevin, you saw all the names that were listed on on that for the people that are going to be there. Yeah, it's high profile people that have all been working towards this for a while now. I I'm excited. There's this has been one of those kind of it feels like every time you get a a leak somewhere, somebody's like somebody that we know too is yes. like, look, I can't confirm that. Yeah. Okay, and that's why I've started to buy
0: in that we're getting the final because Monica Paul, who's the executive director of the Dallas Sports Commission, said, well, I know nothing official from FIFA, not even a discussion. We'll see what happens on February 4th. That last part, we'll see what happens on February 4th. Two different people have given me that exact same answer, like,
2: to the word. Before this? Yes, okay. before this. All right, all right. So this they, plan, they had this planned out for a while.
0: And, and so that might just be like the talking point or my conspiracy also because I want it to happen is that's the talking point because they're like, all right, we're going to give you the World Cup, but this is Shohei style only if you don't leak any information.
2: Yeah. So clearly that turned out to be false <laughs> as well. This is also like I, I, you know, I've talked to some people that were saying that there were some interesting pat- transit patterns happening uh, during like Beyonce, during Cowboys playoff games. There were some interesting catering situations going on. So there is some information out there from from people and businesses that are attached to it that are like this is something that was abnormal that has just been brought to our to the forefront for us. So, man, I, I'm excited. I'm excited about it because you know. Mike, you're gonna have to sell a kidney to get into that place. Like that's it's gonna be a wild ticket, not to get into this live stream event that they're that they're throwing, but to get into a, a final at the World Cup here.
1: All I can say is great. More traffic, <laughs> less restaurants will be. You know, you can't get a table anywhere for like more a month. Traffic. Right? It's,
2: it's like a month of, of yeah, dealing with that because, during the summer because they'll have
0: more matches around here. But everyone's like. Hey, I'm not really concerned about your pool play, group play matches We're in America.
1: Those are games. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: (laughs) We're going to have more games here in America, and specifically the Metroplex. But everybody wants to know if they'll get a final, if it'll be a semifinal. And wasn't, I'm not saying it was because of this, but didn't like the Dallas City Council a couple years ago, maybe a year or so ago, say you couldn't rent out your property anymore for Airbnb? Laura Miller,
1: right? And, and I, I, I don't no, think that was the case. I'm just teasing. But, yes, they did. I think that uh, we are not going to be able to take advantage of this and make a whole bunch of money. Because you would be able to make a whole bunch of money. What is your interest
0: level? I I'm just kind of want to gauge everybody on the show or the people in the Metroplex. What is your interest level specifically in, hey, we're going to get the final or the semifinal?
1: I'd love to tell you I have interest, and maybe I will in 2026 if there's still a world. But right oh now, my God. <laughs> it's fair. Can't have a world cup <laughs> without we a world. Know.
2: You know, Shanahan told us we don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow. So,
1: but right now, I don't. Okay. What about you, Corey? Uh,
2: I care a lot, 150 percent, Kevin. You know, that's like stupid. that's how. Like I, and it's I'm not a. I have to watch. Uh, you know, La Liga. I'm not one of those people i do love to go check out an fc dallas game i do love to to wake up on a saturday morning and flip on premier league and check out what's going on but when world cup comes around i get excited i want to go i want to go to pubs and hang out with all the people that like really love these teams passionately because it's a lot of fun they get their chance going at the pubs and everything so I get really excited for it. So I'm looking forward to being around here, A, because times are going to match up with our lifestyles, right? Like we're going to be able to watch games at regular sure. times live. That, and so that that's, is true. That'll be kind of dope. And so that's one of the, like, I'm really excited about it. And I, I don't know that it's the best soccer played in the world, but it is, there is something about, you know, nationalism is that what it is or yeah. being you know being excited for your country do i think that my country is going to win it all no but that's why i'm going to find a team to pick i'll find i'll find a team to root for at some point it'll be it'll be exciting and kevin maybe just maybe our good friend Kyle Walker from Man City We'll, uh, I got news, Corey. Who has a baby on the way with the side piece. Maybe he'll be involved in it all.
0: Breaking news on 1053 The Fan. It's presented by BetQL Smarter. Bet, start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com
2: today. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> do you want to do it then? That is quite the response. The commanders are, in fact, hiring Dan Quinn. As their new head coach, you seem sad about it medicine
1: this.
2: man well not that he's not dr Quinn medicine man no that's what he, they hope in washington this is uh I, that's probably fair all right, so two of your assistant two of your former assistants now or your former coordinators are within the division for one uh the other thing too is this is a guy that brought in a defense, and I know how plastered it got against Green Bay in this game, and there were m- many moments when it looked inept when you wanted it to just be ept, but the, you, we haven't seen turnovers and we haven't seen pass rush like this agreed since the Jimmy Johnson era, it, it has been non-existent defense a lot of times. Uh, and so the, the turnovers that we've had are the schemes going to be built the same way for, for these players. What kind like are you keeping the similar kind of players around here? Like is is what's now we gotta go find a new guy. Is Al Harris an option? Is uh, I
1: would think he would. Is, be. Are there
2: there? Is uh, is Joe Witt? Didn't an Al
1: Harris say he would follow Dan Quinn yes. anywhere he yes, goes. He did. So I'm thinking Al Harris oh, is going dear. to Washington yeah. to be Unless honest.
2: Unless you made him play caller. Like that's something that, that could it is a possibility. But Joe Witt called plays uh whenever whenever Dan Quinn was he said, hey, preseason game, why don't you call plays? And he was like, all right, I got it. And so he went after it. So it brings up a lot of questions because now the Cowboys have to do, now the front office has to hire. Or they do like to promote from within. A lot of companies do favor that approach. Is Promoting within helps keep the people inside the the, the building happy uh, because familiarity. Uh, you know how to work with that person. You bring in somebody else, whole new set of ideas, and lots going on there. So I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I know a lot of people want him out of here, but, man, he did some really good things for this team while he was here, especially building a, a what we thought was a stout defense. I,
0: I really am curious what kind of feedback is going to come in, like, right now and throughout the day. Because before, like, let's say before maybe the Miami game, I feel like a lot of people would have thought, well, that sucks. So you can't hold against Miami. Obviously, you couldn't hold against Detroit, but you still won that game. You got smoked by the Packers, your star player. Seemed like he put a lot of the blame on you yesterday. Is I, I am curious now where people fall in terms of they're like, that's fine. Or if they're closer to you in terms of, hey, I look at the last several years and the sacks and the turnovers and think, oh, I'm not thrilled about this.
1: I think the tough thing is, Corey, is... When Mike McCarthy had a say in this, he hired one of the worst defensive coordinators in the NFL, That's and Mike true. Nolan. I don't think Mike McCarthy honestly has any say. I won't say that. He will not have a strong opinion in the room that will be considered because he's on a one-year contract. So I think the next defensive coordinator will be more of a Stephen Jones hire. I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know if they're going to say, man, we don't want to lose Al Harris. We're just going to promote him to defensive coordinator to try to keep him here. Uh, I I don't know who it'll be, but I don't think that... I'm not excited about Mike McCarthy making a decision. He might hire Jim Nolan back. I mean, Mike Nolan back.
0: Because Dan Quinn might do the same thing for Harris. He might be like, oh, you can be my DC here. Right. Well,
2: and uh, and Dirty, uh, you know, his defensive line coach that's just kind of followed him around everywhere as well. And, I mean, I don't know how realistic it is because, Mike, you'll point out very frequently, stars don't typically leave. The football teams usually they sign they sign back with that contract with whoever. Yeah, there's no such
1: thing as free agency in the NFL.
2: But Micah was like, "I'm going wherever Dan Quinn goes," and like that's a like maybe some people would be happy if that happened. Uh, maybe some people wouldn't. But that's there you are with, with a, a coach that. What we heard too was that he went across the hall, and said and knocked on Mike McCarthy's door and said, "Your offense is too easy to stop or too easy to 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 cover." We, you got to do something different. And he knows Dak. He knows he, he was watching Dak. And now you got to face him twice a year. He knows what your team is. So Washington, something that we always felt was, haha, it's a joke over there as a, has a legitimate coach that you have to compete and contend with. This is, this is fascinating.
0: As we quickly pivot from again, Sunday. I just want to make sure everybody knows Sunday, We'll find out 2 o'clock for the FIFA broadcast about if the Metroplex is getting the World Cup final. If not, I believe very strongly they'll get one of the semifinals and then some other games. But, Dan Quinn. Do you think
1: Eric bien stays with Dan Quinn? I I guess I don't. But I'm I'm also curious about, is the window for
0: that just over? Because, like, bien in my estimation, specifically went to a team where he was like, Oh, this head coach might be in trouble. And then that head head coach does, in fact, get fired. And we never heard his name. Yeah. And like they lost their first choice. Ben Johnson was their guy.
1: Right. And that's an offensive hire.
0: Yes. And then they were like, eh, I'm going to pass on this job. And then his name doesn't come up and they immediately pivot to Dan Quinn. I'm just curious about the window for him becoming a head coach or If that's just never going to be a thing that happens.
2: Uh, Well, I mean, if Jerry is truly going all in, Belichick's the next (laughs) defensive coordinator for Uh, the Cowboys, right? Hey, look, Uh, if he's willing to do that, in, in, in.
1: I honestly thought when we heard the news that Seattle filled their coaching job and it wasn't Dan Quinn, I thought we never have to worry about Dan Quinn being a head coach again. Now, I knew there was one job open and I didn't think he was going to get it. I was wrong, like in my head last night. And I thought we'll never have to worry about this because I think he coached himself out of ever being a head coach again in the last month of the season and in the playoffs. And you don't have to worry. Dan Quinn's going to be your defensive coordinator for a long time, but obviously I was wrong. He's not. So the Cowboys have a situation, but the great news is, is Micah Parsons said we're all in this year. So we're good to go. Yeah.
0: this year I really be curious to see what he thinks, uh, what he thinks about Derek trade Quinn. Micah
1: for the number two overall pick?
0: Would you do that knowing it's Drake Mason there?
1: No, I would take I take the LSU guy, you knowing knowing that Joe Burrow was successful and no North Carolina quarterback has ever been.
0: So you're going before you even scout. You're just yep. going off of Joe Burrow was good. Yep. No, North, and I know that Mitchell no, Trubisky was not. Yeah,
1: and all the other ones too, like uh, you name it. It doesn't matter. They're all bad.
0: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, look, we were going to talk about the Mavericks. They didn't try super hard. Well, they did for the first half. I think we need to talk more about Dan Quinn, your feelings about him hitting the road, who you would like to see be the next defensive coordinator on a breaking news Thursday on 105.3 The Fan.
1: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: It's a Dallas 43. Howells back, throws it. Oh, look out. Picked up! It's
0: Bland. It's Bland. He's got one man to beat at the 20. He cuts left. He breaks the tackle at the 10. He did it again. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 3. The fan, where I guess the architect of this defense is gone. In case you missed it about 15 minutes or so ago, Dan Quinn. The new head coach of the Washington Commanders, which obviously leaves a void for the Cowboys at defensive coordinator, could mean much more of a void depending on who Dan Quinn takes with him. We talked about how Al Harris is like, hey, wherever you go, I want to go. And then multiple people now suggesting that Dallas will hire Ron Rivera as our next defensive coordinator. What
2: about, uh, what about Pete Carroll? What about Mike Vrabel? All those are head coaches that were defensive coordinators at one point. They might need some work. They might want something to do. I'm sure they didn't get paid that much as head coaches in the NFL. Not as much as college coaches make.
0: If you want to bring Vrabel in, that's fine.
2: If
1: he wants to do that, we can make it worth it. Go off the board and get crazy. Hire Charles Haley.
2: Okay, let's just see Mike, what happens uh, there. You've taken uh, a no Hall
1: of Fame defensive player. Let's just see what Charles Haley puts together
2: for for what it's worth. Kevin over the last three years. Let's just walk, rock with three years because the the COVID year was weird. All right. Numbers wise that team Mike McCarthy walks in is trying to figure everything out. Mike Nolan was here as Mike pointed out just moments ago. Dan Quinn gets here points wise. You're ranked seventh fifth and fifth. You're a top five uh, in points given up defense. And when it comes to turnovers, you were one of the top turnover teams every year while Dan Quinn was here. Now, and, like, when it comes to teams' rank and takeaway-giveaway ratio, 1, 2, and 5 in the last three years. Now, and that's with Trayvon Diggs out this year. So, and Deron Bland doing what he was doing. And the two years before, they were the first team
0: since the 70s Steelers to repeat leading league in turnovers. Very impressive. And your
2: pass rush was something that we hadn't seen. So, again, this is... These are the the things that you're like, you know what? That's not good enough. Get him out of here. Better find somebody that's damn fine. And what you're probably doing is finding somebody that got fired for some reason or got let go because their team didn't do well either.
1: To your point, and I get Cowboy fans are, I'm not saying majority, but some of them are like, good riddance. You didn't help us win in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to find a better defensive coordinator than Dan Quinn. I mean, you threw out some good names. I'm not saying Vrabel wouldn't be an awesome name. I I think that Vrabel's probably going to wait one year and see if he can become a head coach again and maybe not take a one-year defensive coordinator job. The other thing that's tough here, too, a little tough. If you're getting hired by Jerry and Steven, you're not connected at all to the success or failure of your head coach. But you're coming into a team that has a coach on a one-year deal – now, I assume this. If they make the playoffs, Mike McCarthy's getting an extension. Jerry's not going to fire a coach that makes the playoffs four years in a row, my opinion. I know that other people disagree, but he does not like making tough decisions when it comes to football. He likes making easy decisions. But if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm a little bit worried or concerned going, how much do I want to hitch my my career off of a one-year coach right now. And that's where I would be curious where
0: I don't actually think you'll get... I see people saying Vrabel or Belichick. I'd be like, hey, great. If you worked out a deal where it was like, hey, if McCarthy fails, you're the next guy. I don't think that's likely.
1: What if you hired Belichick? He becomes the head coach and you just demote McCarthy to offensive coordinator.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't... I That does seem like something the Cowboys would do, honestly. You know what I really... The quick reaction from Twitter is: Commanders fans are furious. Is they're like, "Hold on, we fired Ron Rivera to hire Ron Rivera, or we hired Ron <laughs> Rivera to hire a bald Ron Rivera?" Is what some people are saying. Yeah, and so it seems as though that makes j- sense. Just the snap decision, the snap discussion from Commanders fans, at least on Twitter, is they're not thrilled.
2: Yeah, it, it is. I mean, you you. Again, the conversation of when hiring a head coach, do you want defensive-minded or do you want offensive-minded head coach? Sure. And what's your quarterback's situation? Is your quarterback one of those quarterbacks that's been around for a while, and he's really good, but you're just kind of lacking defense? And you don't have to worry about the quarterback? Like a Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you didn't have to worry about that. Go hire a defensive coach because your quarterback is the system. And nowadays, it's more the mindset of, hey, if you're going to get a young quarterback, which, which, hey, that's probably what they're going to do. I don't know that they're sticking with Sam Howell. And they might be sitting there saying, hey, we need to go ahead and use some draft picks here to make sure we get one of the top quarterbacks. Then don't you want that quarterback to be with an offensive coordinator consistently for the time that he's there? So hire an offensive-minded coach for your young quarterback. But they don't have that there. So I'm I'm very interested. Dan Quinn wants to be, uh, I mean, it's going to be a tougher year for the Cowboys because of where they finish this year. That's going to be... Their schedule going to look tougher, right? Yeah. And, and defensive coordinators only last so long before people start picking up on the trends that they have with their personnel. And... Quite honestly, the Cowboys didn't give him the personnel that he needed to succeed late in the season. Should he have stood up and said, I need real linebackers instead of these safeties? Or should he just said, hey, I can handle it like this. I'm out of here anyway. Uh, that's where we were this year. The one thing I don't want to see
0: is because I've seen multiple texts. There's like, good riddens, Dan Quinn was garbage. He was trash. That, that's just factually inaccurate. If, if your point is the last month and a half, I think he's been really disappointing. I think most of us can agree with that all day. But for the majority, like I remember this time last year when we found out Dan Quinn was coming back, people were stoked. For the most part, he's been
2: very good here. Yeah, people wanted to replace the head coach with him, and then they're like, nah, he's not good enough.
1: I think you have to remember this. The Cowboys suck at safety for a decade at least, if not longer. And he's like, all right, I get there's no budget for safety here, right? I'm talking to Will McClay and Steven Jones, and they tell Dan Quinn, we don't spend money on safeties. We, we don't do it, and we never will. And we're trying not to spend money on linebackers for the most part. Sometimes special situations will do it, but we don't spend money on safeties. We don't spend money on linebackers. you got to figure this out, and we don't care at all about one technique, defensive tackles. And he's like, all right. Let me look around and let me see what I can do with kind of very little money and to make this thing work. I'm going to patch this together because you're telling me you spend money on quarterback, wide receiver, offensive line, sometimes running back, defensive ends for sure on that side, and cornerbacks. Like your money is defensive ends and cornerbacks, and then you don't really spend much money anywhere else on defense, correct? And Dan Quinn's like, yep, that's what I'm hearing. So he figured out a way how to make people work for limited budget in his scheme. So whoever the defensive coordinator is, just know that Steven Jones puts together a salary cap that says safeties are stupid. Linebackers are pretty stupid. Defensive tackles, one technique, they're really dumb. And I made a major mistake actually drafting one in the first round who really caused me to go, what the hell was I doing? I will never one technique it again. Up at the top. So the defensive coordinator coming in has a really tough job because the salary cap guy says a lot of positions on defense are stupid and we don't spend money there.
2: Yeah, that really stinks uh because last year at draft time, Kevin, we had a couple of offensive linemen that we would have loved to have had yep. at instead of Mozzie. And Mike McCarthy um seeds the pick to the we need to add to the defensive side of the ball. And this guy, they had a vision for, you know, they have a vision for Mozzie and what he can grow into and all that. And you could have had a better, maybe a better guard uh, on your offensive line in the future of your offensive line. Maybe Tyler Smith could slide out in your tack. So this whole thing, this is, I mean, it's a cycle. It happens to every team. This isn't, this isn't new to the Cowboys, but this is where you're having a vision for what your team can be in the future. And you draft for somebody that's here. And then he's gone the next year. And and that's that's frustrating because like, Mozzie might not even turn out, but you got that guy instead of an Osiris Torrance or something. Yeah. Like I that. think that's your last couple
1: picks are also your Dan Quinn's picks. He had a vision for Overshone. Unfortunately, he got hurt. The new defensive coordinator might not have a vision for him. Yeah. He might be like, That's not the type of linebacker I like. And so now you drafted a dude in the third round that you defensive coordinator. I'm just – I'm throwing out an example of yes. sometimes, like, it's not my guy. I didn't draft him. I'm drafting a dude in the second or third round to take his spot because this is the type of linebacker I like. So that also plays in, if you're bringing in a guy that's not a Dallas Cowboy guy, uh, Ron Rivera or somebody like that, he might have a totally different vision for what that position's supposed to look like, and you don't have – the finances to help that guy out. So he might have to deal with guys that he doesn't even like. And this is probably completely unfair, just one season removed from the draft,
0: but it does kind of feel like most of our hopes and dreams for this draft being awesome are based on somebody that's injured. Mm-hmm. You know, We already know
1: this draft's not going to be awesome. We're just hoping that it becomes passing, right?
0: Yes. And the other thing, and I have seen some people push back, and I, I, appreciate, I appreciate that. Talking about Dan Quinn is – He took over just the most god awful, terrible defense. Yes. Take over a mediocre defense and be like, that could make these guys good. He took over the worst defense and made it the strength of the team for a while.
1: I was wrong. I was like, Kevin, can you please shut your mouth? This is one of the worst defenses in the NFL. They're not even going to be average. And they got Micah Parsons, and they were above average. Because I can remember going, you're insane if you think that almost the same talent with one first-round draft pick is going to actually go from one of the worst defenses in the NFL to average. It ain't going to happen. And he got it above average. And so, I don't know. You're taking over an above-average defense with flaws, with weaknesses, but an above-average defense. Can the new defensive coordinator keep it above average? Uh, that's going to be a lot to ask because Dan Quinn took over one of the worst defenses in the NFL and immediately turned it into above average.
2: Yeah. And then the other thing, too, like for what it's worth, the players played for him. They loved him. I mean, you, a lot of those players love that defensive coordinator. And Mike, you're talking about maybe the head coach doesn't get along with whoever this next guy is. Maybe the players are like, who the crap is this? Again, they could hire from within, they right. could just say, Al Harris, Joe Witt Jr., you're the guy. You just step right in, and part of the Witt
1: family with the Bobbies, right? What's that? Part of the Bobby Witt, the Bobby family? Witt,
2: yeah, Bobby Witt, Bobby Witt Jr., Joe Witt. That's exactly how it goes. So <laughs> because it's a junior, uh-huh. sure. yeah, exactly. So, but th- like that's maybe that's the the way it goes, and he knows the way Dan Quinn did things, and he does them just a little bit differently, but keeps a lot of things the same. If you go, it all it does kind of depend too, because Dan Quinn's approach was we are a. defense but our base is a 3-4 defense and you're like what the hell does that mean and he's like well we play more of this than we do of that and then this, this year they were playing more dime than anything else he tried to be flexible with the personnel that he had he worked really well with will mcclay they worked really hard together to try to get the best uh the best talent on the field and that was those were things that i thought were quality it's and so now it's just I'm not freaking out about it. It's just now you have a lot more, a bunch of new questions that have to be answered, and there's no guarantee that the continuity with the defense is going to stay the same, nor that it would have in year, you know, four with Dan Quinn either.
0: I agree. I agree. What a fascinating turn of events, especially since.
2: It was fun to listen to though, man. He was blasting. He here. was,
0: and I keep thinking about this from yesterday, and I know we haven't played the audio because you know other things happen this morning but Micah Parsons talking yesterday I guess about hey I play where I'm schemed to play and then the social media blowing up about what a crap scheme it was and everything like that and then the person who would draw that up the next morning out the door
2: see you later
0: those things might actually not be connected whatsoever but maybe they got wind that it's looking like Quinn is going to go to Washington so feel free
2: to launch away, I I have no freaking clue. I do I do wonder with the the all in approach if Jerry did like he had he had have had this in mind. Look, Dan's out there interviewing for jobs. We it had happened. We had an open conversation about it. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure that Dan Quinn was very honest with him about the approach that he was taking. Look, if this happens, then I'm going to go for it. Uh, so like, I don't think that it was anything they hadn't thought about. I guess my and they're like today they're probably sitting there going, oh yeah, let's just go ahead and start our plan that we had already kind of enacted. This isn't a surprise to us. We're the
0: KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan, where if you've missed it, we've been talking about it all morning. The Commanders have hired Dan Quinn as their new head coach. But coming up next, it's time for that baseball nuggets with Mike Bassett.
3: Well,
1: I want to discuss a little Corey Seager and his injury, and can this pitcher have a career year for the Rangers next two pitch and a
2: swing and a miss strike three his eighth strikeout tonight he gets trammell on a fastball the top of the zone a shutdown bottom of the seventh for john gray
0: can't see masterpiece right here on 105.3 the fan in case you missed the big news of the day already dan quinn the head coach of the commanders so we'll see what the cowboys do to react to that but right now Time for Baseball Nuggets with Mike Basak. How
1: about our guy, Chris? I didn't even ask for it. I just told him He's that my guy work. that I'm wondering if he can have a career year is John Gray, and he goes and finds two great clips of John Gray right there from last year. So, Do you think Chris is having a career year, then? Maybe a career day. I don't know okay. about his year.
2: He's I, locked in, man.
1: But he, he just did a great job right there. So it says here uh, what to watch for. One key thing for every team in 2024 and this says combined starts from Nate Evaldi and John Gray and I think that is something that we're looking at a lot of different things and this is the fun thing about looking at the Rangers but the one thing that we know in April May and June there will be no starts from Max Scherzer there will be no starts from Tyler Malley and there will be no starts from Jacob deGrom and you're hoping that maybe those guys give you starts in July through September I'm not kidding you Mike
0: kind of forgot about Mali,
1: Yeah, but they're hoping we're after yeah, the all-star yeah. break that he can join the rotation, uh, but you don't know. So this start of the year and the first half of the year, a lot of the success and failure will be Avaldi, Gray, and Dunning. And I don't want to include Dunning right now. I want to concentrate on a little bit of this article and then concentrate on the second guy. But it says, if it's possible, the defending World Series champions could still re-sign free agent Jordan Montgomery. But if they don't, and what we hear, this is a national article, but from what we hear, the Rangers probably won't. So don't count on that. It will be awesome if they do, but don't count on it. It says that it's going to be on Evaldi and Gray to stay healthy and carry the team's starting rotation. The Rangers should have one of the best offenses in baseball once again, especially if prospects Evan Carter and Wyatt Lankford live up to the expectations as rookies. However, Texas starting staff could potentially hold back the club from vying for another title. The Rangers are not only without Montgomery, but also won't have, and I just mentioned, Scherzer, DeGrom, and they don't even mention uh, Mally in there because it's probably off of their yeah. radar because he wasn't on the team at all last year. So, my question to you guys is, can John Gray, because I think he can, can John Gray have a career year and really pump up the Rangers status in that first half? Would it? Would it be acceptable as a career year if the
0: numbers aren't, the lowest. They're a little bit inflated, but he can start
2: thirty games. You know what I'm saying? He's- Are you thinking like is it ERA that is his ERA and games started and in innings?
1: It's all of that. I think that I mean this is the Does career has s- to be all of it, a right?
2: Sub three six ERA, right? Because he had a three six seven, yeah, years ago, and his but last- he only
1: started twenty games that year, yeah, because of injury.
2: So maybe like a three eight. Let's say so a three eight.
1: I'm just gonna go off of That's my tough. my agent here. Because a few years ago when the Rangers signed John Gray to a four-year, $60 million contract, uh, my agent has Kyle Freeland. He's one of the best pitchers for the Rockies, left-handed pitcher. I'm not saying he's super awesome, but he's their best pitcher. Uh, And I said, hey, give me more on John Gray. I'm going to be honest. I haven't followed his career very closely. And he said, Mike, he's just real inconsistent. He'll have a great game, and then he'll have a game that you're not so sure that he should maybe be in the rotation. And it just keeps going back and forth. There's not a lot of consistency with him. He looks either like an ace or he looks like a number 5 type of deal. So that yeah. was that was the scouting report I got on John Gray. He uh, has a lot
2: of a, a variety of interests too aside from baseball. Right. And so sometimes I do concern myself with like how locked in he is and how you know he does have a tendency to let his mind Take over well, in games, and I just need—if uh, I can see that consistently from him, then I'm—I'll I'll feel. I more wouldn't say he
1: loses focus. I would say he's too hard on himself. He—he he can give up on himself too easily. That things aren't going well. I'm not good. What am I doing? And it's like, no, keep fighting through this battle here.
2: Yeah, and so,
1: so that's where sometimes I see John Gray kind of, hey, don't give up on yourself yet. You're you're all right. It's gonna, you know. But even after games where he goes, let's say six innings and one run, and remember last year I had the deal of like he just doesn't really give you what you'd consider a quality start. His ERA says last year four twelve era in 157 innings and you'd go well that's about a guy who's giving you about five six innings right. about two or three runs but when you look at his game log you're like he's either giving you eight shutout innings or almost a complete game with no runs or one run or he's going kind of four and a third and giving up five runs and that is the inconsistency in john gray but if he can find that consistency if he can eliminate the big innings and where you have a game where he only pitches three and two thirds and gives up five runs. And those games end up being five innings, four runs right? instead of three and two thirds and five or six runs. And then those good games are still those really good games. I think he can win. This is going to be a big number. I think he can win 15 games for you. I think he has the ability to do that.
2: This is really weird because, I, Mike, I, very similar to the compare. I just want to kind of see how Bochi manages things. Uh-huh. The year they – we kind of went over this with the outfielders the other day. The year that he wins the World Series against the Rangers in 2010, Matt Cain had 33 starts. Tim Lincecum had 33 starts. Barry Zito had 33 starts. Jonathan Sanchez had 33 starts. So
1: four out of his five were perfectly healthy.
2: Yes, Four out of his five pitchers had 33 starts. The Rangers had just inconsistency across the board last year with like uh, 26 from Dunning, 29 from Gray, 28 from Heaney, 25 from Uvalde. It was just it was just kind of hey we're gonna have to patchwork it together and the tough thing about
1: John Gray's career is the majority of his career is in Colorado and I remember interviewing do you remember the first time we interviewed him he said yeah I have two different game plans I have my Colorado game plan and I have my on the road game plan it's it's two different and I knew that that was going to be somewhat his answer because I pitched in the major leagues I know going to Colorado you have to watch how many breaking balls you throw especially if they're curve balls because they're not going to break as much as you want them to break so you have to aim a little bit differently than where you're used to aiming at most places that you pitch at, and then you have to change a little bit. I should be maybe more fastball changeup here, fastball splitter, sinker, slider, then fastball curveball, because you know that your breaking ball, your bigger breaking ball, is not going to break as much in Colorado. So this will be his third year with Texas. He has two years left on his deal, and there's a lot on his shoulders to start this year off because without your other pitchers that we've named John Gray is your number 2 starting pitcher yeah. right now for the first 3 months of the season and he needs to be a guy that is not a lot more reliable but a little bit more reliable.
0: Okay, I'm glad that you said that because I was going to ask is it okay that that makes me very nervous. It and should. I like John Gray, but it, it makes should. me a good
1: guy, good attitude Uh, Stepped up in the playoffs and in random roles, right? He didn't really know his role uh, going in and would, and would, and at times pitch a really good outing, whether it was two innings or four innings, whatever was asked at times, he really came through. But last year, he threw 157 innings, 29 starts. He has to throw more innings next year. Like when you look at this team, if this team wants to win 90 plus games, I look at Dane Dunning and go, I'm sorry, I look at John Gray and go, you need to be at the 170 inning mark or more. I want him to be 170 to 200 innings this upcoming season. His ERA last year was 4.12. I'm not asking for a lot better, but I think somewhere between three five and three eight five is very doable. Okay. Uh, I look at his nine and eight record. If he can pitch a little bit deeper into games when he doesn't have his stuff and he's struggling, this offense can get you wins that. Other places you wouldn't get, you wouldn't get that win if you're on Kansas City, Oakland, uh, the Angels. You can get wins here if you can go five or six innings and hold a team to under five runs, six innings, four runs, five innings, three runs. You can get wins with
2: the Texas Rangers doing that because of the offensive firepower you have. From the four six nine, if he has a career year, what happens to those other three pitchers coming back? How do you how do would you oh, slot that?
1: Well, he'd still be in the rotation. You're you're not going to get, I mean, let's be honest, you're not going to get a great Jacob deGrom this year. When you haven't pitched since April 30th, and even your April of pitching in 2023 was suspect because of your yeah. injuries and in and out, Jacob deGrom's not going to be Jacob deGrom in 2024. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Jacob deGrom comes back and he looks like 2017 Jacob deGrom. I, I'm throwing out a random year there, but... Uh, I don't think that's going to happen coming back from double – you know, not that he had two Tommy Johns in the offseason, his second Tommy John surgery of his career at 36 years old. Max Scherzer's tough, man. When your back starts going out on you at this age, it's not the easiest thing to recover when you're close to 40 years old and you start having major back issues.
2: 2017 was DeGrom's worst year. By the okay,
1: so. 2018. 2018 Jacob was his best year, yeah. Okay, so uh, real quick, I look at Dane Dunning and I just go – can he repeat what he did last year? Now, God, Dane Dunning so. most likely will be in your rotation all year, as long as he's healthy. He had 26 starts last year, 35 games pitched. He went 12-7 and with a 3-7 ERA. Can he, I'm not asking for Jake, I'm not asking for Dane Dunning to do any more, but can he repeat what he did last year? And that is win 10-plus games and put up an ERA under four. Because for me, I think that can. would be awesome.
0: I, I think he can have an ERA just under four and get you those 10-plus
1: And wins. to the point of innings pitched, he threw 172 and two-thirds innings. Unsung John Gray Vero threw 157. Yeah. And, and that's what I think they gave him pitcher of the year did oh. he win the Rangers regular season pitcher of the year award I think he might have to be honest because of what That's he was delightful. able to accomplish last year and Nate Valdi probably was
2: pitcher of the year yes but
1: he got hurt in those quickly in the second half and didn't really pitch in the second half so I think he can
2: I, th- I think he can too if, as long as he when he's maintaining his mechanics Mike he's consistent when he's not maintaining his me- mechanics he's yeah. not but whenever he's doing the mechanical stuff right, he's pretty consistent. So I
1: think the thing is, is right now, the offense is going to be awesome. The defense is going to be really good, if not awesome. Good defense. And then you look at the bullpen, and you're like, hey, I think we can survive with what you did in the offseason. I, I don't love it, but I think that you're good enough, and then you'll, you're going to make a trade. If you're good enough to compete by July, they're going to make a trade for a left-handed reliever. I, I think, Mark my words, they're going to trade for a left-handed reliever in July. And then... I look at the the starting rotation, I go, Okay, this is where guys are gonna have to step up. Avaldi's gonna have to be healthy that first half of the season. John Gray's gonna have to be healthy. Dane Dunning's gonna have to be healthy. And now can their health produce their not I won't say best results, right. but for John Gray, I think he can have a career year. He's at that age, thirty-two years old, where sometimes guys will jump up and have a year where they go fifteen and eight you know, and and have an ERA in the mid threes. And you're like, dude, John Gray, how about that? So that's the guy. His stuff is tremendous. He was the third overall pick for a reason. His stuff is tremendous. If he can put it together mentally and consistently every fifth day, I think he can have a career year for these Texas Rangers.
0: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, the Mavs, minus all of their starters against the T-Wolves. Plus, have you noticed this difference in Luca's defense this season? Let's talk about an X-ray right here on the Fan.
3: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.